powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. That I don't even want to call that a game. That was terrible. I I see there's uh, new people in the chat. Uh, I'm musicality. I, for a second, it was spelled weird. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce that. But it's musicality. I got it. it says uh, they're a newbie here. This is the game you decided to join for. I mean. I guess if you want to talk about this game, if you want to yell about it, this is obviously a free space to uh, to come to, and you, we will obviously welcome you. Thank you for joining, but this isn't a game that I thought many people would watch to the end. So anybody who stays, trust me, with Alice Moran here, this stream will be more entertaining than the game. I know it's a low bar to clear, but uh, Alice will get us there. I took notes for this game. Do you want to know how many? So there's not much to talk about for the game. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to go with the flow and see how it happens. Before we get into it, let's talk about Sports Interaction. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. I guess it's not really anymore. It's April 1st, but hey, April Fools. Uh, NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness. Exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario by using the QR code that you see at the bottom of the screen right now. Or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, let's welcome in Alice. How are you, long-suffering Oilers fan? I think you're uh, suffering a lot less than every Canadians fan right now. That's why I feel like I'm the right person to have. I, like, I understand this specific point in a rough season where you're just <laughs> like, why am I watching these games? And it, yeah, I've, I've lived this. This was a decade of my life. More than a decade because then they got, they got to playoffs and then they sucked again. So we, dreams come true. Yeah, I, I would say that this game is very apropos for today because I, I mentioned this on Twitter earlier, but I know you deleted Twitter, so I'll repeat it here. And for Please, I don't know. Catch it. I don't know. What are you and I assume all of the alt-right people who are still on Twitter saying? Oh, well, speaking of the alt-right, Jordan Peterson <gasps> fell for a very obvious April Fool's joke from the Western Standard of all places <gasps> that uh, apparently Trudeau was going to turn one of the lanes at, on the Trans-Canada Highway into a bike lane and he's furious about it alice he's furious i mean i'm not surprised that jordan peterson has bad opinions with, about something with the word trans in it <laughs> very just very seems a bit <laughs> on the nose jordan play a new record there was uh what's his name rob something rob russo i think had a, a great tweet he had like the image of him of peterson crying being like no wonder these kids can't trust anybody you have they have a day and they even call you a fool if you fall for it. It's like I mean, so good. I, the thing about April Fool's Day at this point is I just feel like reality is so fucked up that I'm like, none of this seems out of the realm of possibility anymore. It also just seems like, hey, we tell you like, like a lot of them just seem to give you hope for a second and then you remember that it's April Fool's and life's a nightmare. Like a few <laughs> years ago when that that article circulated being like they're gonna rename the Rogers Center back to the Sky Dome, and I was happy for a moment, and then I was like, "Oh no, what day is it?" I find oh. those are the ones that are cruel, the ones that like yeah. have something fun, like do something bad that people get like anxious a bit for a second. But it has to be a level of obvious, like or make your April Fool's pranks personal. Like I have a friend who I know more through my wife. They like went to school together in uh, university, and every April Fool's for like five or six years, she would get me. 
she would call and she would have like ambient noises playing like the background of an, of an office and she would pretend to be like Quebec's healthcare system and being like, well, we have no record of you living in Quebec, so we're taking away your healthcare and like you refuse to be uh, served in French, so this is what's going to happen. And it was like, you know, getting me to the point of like, I'm actually getting pissed off. You'd be like, hey, it's Amanda. That's, that's, that's what you got to do. That's a good April Fool's prank. 100%. Or the, the okay, I, my favorite of all time was when Google Maps legitimately was like, hey, we put Pokemon in Google Maps and you're like, ha ha ha. But then you went to Google Maps and there were Pokemon all over the world. And if you found all 151, they sent you business cards that said Pokemon Master and I have one now. An ultimate flex. Was that before Pokemon Go? That was before Pokemon Go. So the, everyone was really bummed afterwards because like, man, imagine there were just Pokemon in the world. And then like a year later, they're like, guess what? <laughs> I wonder if Google knew. I think they did. Isn't, I feel like, isn't, get, isn't Niantic a word? I could be wrong. I feel like they must have known. I, they yeah, I feel like they're a branch. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about this. is the sort of thing where I can tell that, like, my little brother will say this tomorrow and scream because he's a, he works in video game development. He's like, you're an idiot. You don't know things. And I let a lot of people down, just like the Habs <laughs> did tonight. What a segue. Oh, my goodness. I will. You know what I will say, though, about the Montreal Canadiens tonight is, like, everyone knew looking at the lineup this was going to be an ugly one against the Carolina Hurricanes, who are one of the league's best teams. But, man, Carolina didn't bring much for entertainment either. Like, Yeah, it was, without, it was boring. It was very boring. Like, without was, Svechnikov, without Pacioretty, their scoring is just not quite there. And it's just, like, every single player on that whole team, except for, like, Aho, plays the exact same way, which is, like, forecheck really hard, really good defensively, and, like, sometimes they stumble into a goal. And, like, yeah, that works, I guess, but it yeah, sucks to watch. Julie Arby had a decent chance, and I, I kind of was hoping at least to see him score. You know, I like, I'm not salty. I love to see my exes doing well. So, but yeah, you know, Habs fans, really on the other hand, be, very I really salty. Julie Arby to be okay somewhere, like be the player we all know he should be. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel so bad for him because, you know, we all know he needed a fresh start. I feel like the Hurricanes might be the worst place for him because. And, you know, like, uh, I was talking to Mark Dumont, who's the co-host of this show, during the game, and he was saying, like, Pugliarvi to the Hurricanes is a bad fit. And I was like, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad fit, because he plays the same way as all the other Hurricanes do, mm -hmm. but it's not a good fit in terms of getting him to break out in any way. Like, he needs to play with some players who can bring some offense out of him, set him up for some shots, try to yeah. get that goal scoring going. That he I had, also like, just feel like last a year. lot of his problems seem like they're like confidence issues or like yeah. I think just not quite clicking. Like I feel like what he needs is like a like a uh, a movie makeover where he realizes he was hot all along. Like a clone <laughs> he, high makeover is what he needs. Yeah, like a she's all that. Yeah. I feel like that's where we're at with Willie Arvey. He just needs a moment of realizing he's the shit and then he'll be great. But like right now it just seems like a mental thing of being like, why are you, why are you doing this? Please stop. As someone who truly, I love Jesse Willie Arvey, but I had to watch and be like, why, why are you doing it? Why you do this? Please, Jesse, Jesse, what, no. What's the male equivalent? Sweet things like go and find a bison and refer to it as like, I met a, he said, I met a kind bison. How do you not love that player? 
<laughs> he is great. What's, what's like the male equivalent of the dumb rom-com thing of where like the girl takes off her glasses and all of a sudden she's a 10 out of 10? I, uh, I feel like the, uh, the closest thing we have as a trope is a guy takes off his shirt and reveals that he's ripped. Mm. Like he'd be like, I'm a nerd. You don't know anything about me. Oh, your car needs to be fixed. Yeah. And he takes uh, off the flannel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone who auditions unsuccessfully all the time for um, romantic like Hallmark movies, the tropes. I struggle. <laughs> I can't. I can't convincingly say any of that dialogue. It doesn't no? sound real. I had one that it took me. I shit you not. Forty takes to get a clean one because I could not say the lines without laughing. Because if it, one of the lines was, "But that means we're going to lose the orphanage on Christmas." Oh my like gosh. How, uh, lose the orphanage on christmas yeah that's a yeah. tough one that's a that's tough one to get through it's, it's, we're gonna, you know what we all struggle i feel like that could just be like one of your improv nights is like everybody has to nail a, a hallmark special like the worst line from a hallmark special i yeah i i sometimes i every time my dad really loves them so whenever i go to his place for christmas they're on and i'm always uh, as a writer i'm just like i don't under i don't understand I don't, un I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand who these are for. I understand that people like them, but I'm like, why? And their answer seems to be because they're the same. They're like, like comforting. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I kind of get it. But I'm also like, couldn't you just watch a, a good movie like again? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I know that when I go home for Christmas, my parents play them on low volume pretty much the entire time. They've always Ugh. got like, life network or whatever on while like making christmas dinner nobody's watching it but it's there on the tv a few years ago that i was watching where there was like a non sequitur and i was like i think the writer of this might have been really funny and got to sneak a good joke by but essentially it was something like she she ended up she's like i guess i'll throw out the article i'm gonna write to write about this town's magical christmas festival but then she later referenced what the article she was supposed to write is that she had come to the town to interview a man who invented it his own sport. And he like, she kept saying, like dropping little iterations about what that sport was. I'm like, I, I really need to know about this man that's being referenced. <laughs> this man inventing a wild sport. Also, he wasn't part of the movie covering sports ever and just decided like, you know what? My editor will be so much happier with something about Christmas. <laughs> Could you imagine she writes for the athletic and she turns in something about Christmas in in a small town in New Hampshire? Clearly they know nothing about the travel budgets of sports media. I will say that. Like they don't yeah. know anything about that because uh they're yeah, tiny. I love how Christmas movies really believe that journalists get so much money and time <laughs> to write fluff pieces. Let alone You know, they're from the big city. They must be rich. The woman has like a spotlight level budget to write something about like, is Christmas dying? Like a really <laughs> nonsense piece. I love it. I love it. Uh, I was, uh, before I got distracted by Jordan Peterson, I was going to tell you about uh, how apropos this game was because it was so awful. And uh, I had an awful moment of my own today. I went to uh, one of, one of my oldest son's uh, friends had their birthday today and they had, a, they went to a trampoline park. And we all went super fun kid. Like Dylan's hair is down to his shoulders again now. And it was like the entire head was drenched in sweat. Like all of his hair, like totally worked himself up into a lather. 
But at one point, my youngest son was trying to get to Dylan. And there was like these platforms that were like foam. And on either side was those like ball pits, but they're square foam blocks. Okay. And like every six feet or so, there was like a pillar that was wrapped in some sort of protective foam covered in plastic or whatever. And so I had to like swing miles around because he couldn't reach his own way onto the next thing of foam. And then I would swing around myself and grab (laughs) him, make sure he didn't hurt himself. And uh, the last one closest to the wall was loose. So there was another kid on there who's kind of like jumping up and down and it was moving like this. And just as I swung miles around to go the other way, the kid jumped and it went down on my side and I fell into the ball pit. Now, I don't know, Alice, if you've ever gone into one of those square foam block pits as an adult, but it's very different than when a kid falls in it. And I was... I haven't? Oh, especially when you're not in good shape. I was about this close to being so, like, the ultimate embarrassing move of calling for help. This close. And then I finally found a way out of there. I got from on my back to standing up, and then I, like, sunk up to, like, above my belly button. I was like, never getting out of here. They're going to have to pull in, like, some sort of machine or something. I was too far away, and then I just, like, found a way to, like, grit and determination get myself up there and, like, got a knee up on So you're saying this, you're traumatic ball pit experience <laughs> that's the canadians the yes that's the canadians tonight that's how bad they played yeah you know what it feels like you've had an across the board bad day but well, no was, other than that it was fun nobody in the world is more sympathetic to the haves i feel like than the oilers fans because like look we know the pain of being in the stanley cup final and then going to from that to immediately dog shit <laughs> that is a hard pivot that I I I understand and I'm very sympathetic for. And I unfortunately my best advice for how to get out of it doesn't apply anymore because my advice would be to be so bad that you break the draft. Uh that worked for us, but I don't think that that's gonna happen twice. Well, so. you never know. Maybe the Canadians get some Oilers magic. And they get their Connor McDavid this year. Maybe they get out of it quicker. I mean, I really hope that you guys get like a bunch of first round draft picks and then they have to rebalance the draft again. Like somehow <laughs> it just works out that you guys like take our throne of of getting all of the draft picks and be like, yeah, we have a bunch of teens. And when they grow up, this team's going to be good. Yeah. Someone in the comments mentions quicksand. Yeah, I feel like. Those ball pits are like if you had quicksand, like paranoia as a kid, which I feel like is a very 90s kid thing. I don't yes, know why. I definitely thought quicksand would be something that I would encounter at some point in my life. Right? Same. I, and I didn't have like a phobia of it, but I know people who did who were like deathly afraid of the idea of like quicksand showing up in the sandbox at the park or whatever. You don't see very many. No, you do. Never mind. There's some. There's Imagine some sand somebody upstairs. just put a bunch of quicksand in all of the kids' playgrounds. <laughs> that's that's chaotic. That would be so evil, but also kind of funny. Yeah, and then like, you see yeah. like actual quicksand is not actually that dangerous unless you like struggle around in it a bunch. But yeah, I feel like this is actually worse than quicksand, the foam block thing. It all compresses underneath you, and it's built to hold the weight of a toddler. Not fun for adults. I mean, it's fun. To, I, I, the visual for me is very fun. 
Oh yeah, because it's you just like you're hopeless, right? Like you fall in there and it it's just like you're beached like a whale. Like it's just terrible. I mean, this is the fun thing about being an adult is you slowly your body starts to betray you and do things. That you're like, what? We used to have no problem with this. How, how come the most dangerous activity I do is somehow sleeping? I'll wake up and my back is like, that was hard. I'm fucked up now. Yep. The over 30 back. I feel like my, great. it was like literally my 30th birthday is the first time I ever woke up with massive back pain. Oh, That's fun. Yeah, I, I would say mine was earlier than that, but it was uh, my oldest cousin when I was like, let's see, like 10, gave me a backbreaker. And uh, I should met like, hey, a wrestling move. Tonight is uh, WrestleMania, so for any wrestling oh, fans fun. who are staying up late, we've actually got Game Over Pro Wrestling debuting tonight for WrestleMania. So tonight Ooh. and tomorrow night, hosted by Fawad from Game Over Toronto. So check that Sorry. out tonight. That's fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he gave me a backbreaker, and my back's been kind of like off and on crappy my entire life since. Because <laughs> a fourteen-year-old was like, "I'm gonna get my cousin," and just smash me on his knee. I mean, it's not a safe stunt, but then it wasn't a safe stunt to someone who spent a lot of time having to learn how to do safe stunts last year. Although one of the things I had to do on camera, uh, they're like, hey, there's no way around this. You're just going to have to punch this guy in the stomach. And he was like, don't worry, I won't even feel it. And I every like, like take after take, I would not be like, I would like go in and I would just like mime it. Like I wouldn't actually hit him. He's like, you can actually hit me. I don't, it's fine. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something in my brain overriding my ability to punch you. And I, I kind of don't want to get rid of that part of my brain that goes, don't hit people. <laughs> like, I don't. Let's keep that in place. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I find I, like I've been doing uh, boxing once or twice a week since September, and the, the guy that I train with, it, like we started like doing faux sparring, right? Because he's like very, very technical. You're not just going in there to fight people. You're like you're gonna master this technique first, and still like with him, I know that I can't actually hit the guy. Like he could have been a pro boxer if he wanted to. But still, I'm like, eh, soft jab? And he's like, no, like, mean it. And I'm like, mm. it's weird. Yeah, all my boxing I do on the bob. So, like, I'm, I'll haul off on a bob. But I don't know. If I, if I think it came down to it, I'm like, would I be able to punch someone in the face? I don't know. I mean, know. if you if they were a threat to you, for sure. But, yeah, like, actually, not someone I, you like. One time a guy jumped me in the alley and I did hit him in the face. <laughs> that was my reaction of just being like, Ugh. That's right. You had that great story. You told that on the show before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I remember everyone being like, "Yeah, Alice, funny and kick ass." I mean, it didn't feel kick ass. I definitely cried a lot after. That's that's the reality of a, a real fight, right? Like when you're fighting for your life, like you get the adrenaline, and then afterward, it's just this huge drop, and you're like, Ugh. "I would love nothing more than if, like, in an NHL game." Two players got into a fight, and then one of them immediately after did, was me and cried about it. Was like, I don't like doing that. It doesn't feel good. I feel like George the Rock wouldn't. He wouldn't cry in the penalty box, but the way he talked about fighting, he did feel like that. Like, yeah, he didn't love it, but like, imagine just watching Milan Lucic cry after a fight. How I would like him. I would like him so much more. <laughs> You have, you're at a zero. There's really nothing he can do to go lower in your estimation. So. True. 
but I would, I would like respect it, you know, to, to like put your emotions on your sleeve like that and just be like, it's not fun for me anymore. Yeah, that, that character, that character, that player would absolutely like break a barrier and be like first guy to cry openly, proudly. <laughs> oh my God. So many barriers being broken in the NHL these days. Honestly, uh, <laughs> I feel like we're more likely to have like a player cry than an openly out player. Like I feel like we'll probably, probably. get tears before we get. I mean, I guess we're not counting like Messier, right? Because that's not like a reaction to a thing. That's like the whole. Yeah, we don't get. Yeah, we want like. I guess. I like, guess yeah, Smitty cried. I remember Smitty crying. I mean, I guess I've never seen like a player be like, and I, I'm crying and I don't care. Like yeah. I'm not ashamed. Like I feel like all of them are like, oh, it's like I don't want to do this. But like a player just be like, uh, like messy girl like drunk being like i'm crying and i want you to see it that's what i want to see from a player i want someone to break that barrier yeah uh rock smasha says uh, eric angles asked martin st louis what the canadians could take out of this game he said montembeau so i guess he's saying they owe their goalie some drinks poor guy 50 shots yeah, yeah. that it wasn't that this is like the, the problem when you start to lose like consistently when you're at like a bottoming out team it also like the mental game just starts to play into everybody we're like people are showing up coming less hard for each other and then you as a goalie start to feel bad but it's also like the, your defense wasn't there for you bra this isn't on you yeah yeah i think everyone knows that and uh they're just the chat's just making sure everybody knows that he wasn't calling out montebo i think that reads pretty obvious he meant like they owe him some some food and some drinks after this one man he's got to get some calories back in him after how much he probably sweat out in that game. But uh, yeah, there was another comment in here. Uh, John Lay says that we did pile drivers on each other when we were kids. That's the thing. I find anytime we, you always see those like uh, life expectancy charts and it's like men are always lower than women. And people assume that's like men die earlier in old age. I guarantee a lot of that is because we're dumb and do dumb stuff. Like, I mean, just watch I... videos for a while. And I, I remember doing a thing, Alice, when I was like 14, maybe younger than 14, where we would go on our bikes and we would grab hockey sticks and use the butt ends and we would bike joust. Yeah, Not I've on grass. <laughs> like on pavement. So a lot of these, uh, a lot of these are not unknown to me. Did you ever, we played a game called Gladiator and Gladiator mm. is when you take a skate and you swing it by its laces and whip it and everyone's got to get out of the way no <laughs> no we didn't now, do that one my there were there were four of us one time my dad came outside while we were playing this and all he said was hey quit screwing around out here <laughs> and i assume it just at that point you know you're so tired of as a parent at that he was like i got four if i lose one it's <laughs> fine it's just easier yeah, it's not ideal, but like I guess this kid, one of these kids, are playing the dumbest, most murdery game. I mean, at that point, it's just natural selection. No, like I think like we were just intentionally trying to get into like we were uh, biking around. Whenever we saw a funnel cloud, like me and all the kids in my block would go bike towards it because we wanted to see it turn into a tornado. So you you saw Twister and we're like, we could do that. 
Yeah, and also like there are like actual like not long when I was a kid, a really deadly tornado hit uh, Sylvan Lake when I was living in Red Deer. So it was like a real thing where we could potentially actually see a tornado, but like the idea of a bunch of ten year olds being like, "Hey, you know what'd be cool and safe?" Deliberately trying to get in the path of a tornado. <laughs> I mean. When you look back at how you thought through things at that age, it does make logical sense to the logic of that age. But then you look back at it in your 30s and you're like, uh, we were like, kids are so dumb. They're so yeah. incredibly dumb. Yeah. Okay. In a good way. In a fun yeah, way. But the, the only way you're going to be smart is to do a lot of dumb shit and learn from it. Yeah. You just got to survive it. We had... Uh, when I was like 12, 11 or 12, when I first moved from Moose Jaw to Fort McMurray, Alberta, one of the kids on our block had a trampoline. And that was like, I, I didn't realize that like all trampolines now come with like the netting around them. That netting, we got that netting in high school and it saved my life. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's way safer, right? But we had one without the netting and we had a wrestling league and we like jumped and did like power bombs off the trampoline onto the grass I don't know how we lived. I mean, we had the cage with the net, but then it also became like immediately we're like, yeah, cage match, cage match. That's the only reason we wanted the net was or like the ropes around it to try to make some sort of cage match. Yeah, John yeah. Lysa's dumb and invincible. Yeah, kids are kind of unbreakable in a way. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't have any permanent scars from being a kid. I'll, like I have one scar, and it's from like being an adult, being like, "Hmm, this looks like a weird freckle. I guess we'll cut this off." Like it's such a boring scar. Yeah, I've got. Wish I had uh, something from my childhood. I've got a few scars, but most of them are from adulthood. Like I, I was not a cut kid. I was a broken bones kid. I was like, find a way to break a bone. That's always what I would do. I broke, never broke a, a bone. I got a bone really? marrow infection though. Whoa. Yeah, it was really messed up. I was skiing and a boot was too tight and we had we were up the mountain already and my parents were like, ah, it'll be fine. And then we took the boot off. It was like, it had like cut into my foot and they were Whoa. like, ah, put a bandaid on that. And like a month later, I started limping, but everyone thought I was um, acting because <laughs> I was acting. <laughs> Just Whereas doing a bit. Always doing a bit in a character. Uh, and then I started getting violently ill, at which point my mom was like, hmm. This might not be a bit. So it was like compartment syndrome? It was uh, osteomyelitis. It's an, in yeah. it's an infection of my bone marrow. Jeez. And I got to be off school for two weeks. Very fun. But what a Jeez. treat. I watched uh, so much Cheers. <laughs> Whatever oh man, back in the day. wants to do, I watched an absurd amount of Cheers and MASH. That's like, that builds character, clearly. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's why I feel like that. I feel like that experience explained to am as an adult of like a weird lady. That's that's where it comes from. Just raised on Cheers and Mash. Speaking of injuries, uh, the Habs announced that David Savard is done for the season with a knee injury. That's like Bummer. the sixth or seventh player done for the season with an injury. It's you're at a point where like yeah no, no you go with God. You're not. There's no saving the season. No, I mean, at this point, too, like done for the season means you're out a couple weeks, right? Like, yeah. we're less so than two weeks just away. They get a jump start on the healing, so they get a jump start on the training, so they have a better chance. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, damn, it is, a, yeah, the, the bottom of the standings, everyone is just out, is a real. Oh, it makes it harder and harder to watch. 
And yep. then it's like, oh, there's nobody here. That's the thing. Like, you know what? I will give the Canadians credit, though. I think I said this on the last show as well. I thought when Caulfield went out for the season, that it was like, that's done. The entertainment for the season is just gone. And then they brought up this Harvey Pinard kid. Yeah. I mean, he's 24, so he's not really a kid, but uh, he just brought some of that level of energy and went on this big shooting streak and they've managed to have some good games against some contending teams tonight and the game before, not really withstanding, but uh, I think they've just run at a racetrack now that like, they're just, they pushed themselves so hard through so many injuries that they've just got nothing left. And it's, it's really starting to show. Yeah. Yeah. Feel for him. I mean, when, when I watched the Oilers in the decade of darkness, I was the same age as them, but watching the Habs tonight, I'm like, oh, they're just little babies. <laughs> Look at these little babies. Why is everyone being so hard on them? They're trying their best. I have a very different feeling about hockey players now that I'm th- in my thirties and therefore would be the oldest person on any team. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I'm Carrie like, oh, Price's like, age. Oh, this grizzled veteran and he's 27. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's gonna be Nick Suzuki. He's he's not even 24 yet, and he's already the grizzled veteran. He's it's the very Iron funny Man when leader. they're like, oh, then people describing like people as being like old and like past their prime and just like that's an old man and they're like how old is he like he's 35 and you're like jesus christ (laughs) oh god i saw uh, a good uh follow paul paduti on uh, on twitter he does like hall of fame tracking and like he has a model that judges like how hall of fame worthy based on like voting criteria certain players are and he mentioned that like Sidney Crosby's prime ended at age 27. And after that, he never averaged or he averaged, I think, at most 106 point season, like per 82 games adjusted for uh, era. And he was comparing him to McDavid and he was like, McDavid turns 27 soon. How is McDavid going to fare? And I was like, holy crap, is McDavid's prime ending? And then I was like, no, wait. He's going to have like 160 points this year. Let's all calm down. He's only 27. But also, like, thinking of Connor McDavid being like coming up on 30 is a, a fucking insane thought in my brain. The fact that he's only really what made the playoffs two times. Uh, Not counting this three, year. Three. Was it three? Did they go out in the first round Wait. one year? Uh, last year, uh, weird playoff year, weird COVID years. And then one, two times before. I... I don't know. Honestly, yeah, thought- at this point, time has become a flat circle in my brain. Since we got uh, lockdown, is just since that I have no sense of when things happened or what was what. So, yeah, it's who who cares to keep track. There hasn't anymore. been a really. I mean, last year was maybe our most. His probably the most fun McDavid playoff. Just just oh, yeah. purely for that Calgary Flames. Like that was. Mwah, 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 I could live on that forever. <laughs> Um, and it was honestly, I has in a, a, a very weird personal life moment, and I was like, at least there's this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that series was insane. That was yes. one of the most unhinged series I think I've ever watched. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think it's the most stressed I've ever been watching hockey in my entire life. Because like, I cannot lose a series to the Calgary Flames of playoffs. <laughs> like, I will not live this down. The thing about being in Toronto, it means that I'm like so many people's like only Oilers friend. So when the Oilers lose, get eliminated, have any horrible thing happen, 
I just, the text messages, the emails, it's just all getting roasted, usually by people I work with and like guys who are like television executives. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't lose the flames. I can't get a hundred emails dunking on me. I'm no. too soft. It's, it's just not right. It's not right. You can't it's do that. Fair. Look, I get it. Like, I get it. I, I, I'm everybody's sweet prairie dirtbag friend. It's fine. <laughs> uh, well, to pump you up a little bit, we got the uh, Noel in the chat says off topic. Alice has amazing hair, and Kay says yes, amazing hair. So. I will be fully honest. I didn't feel like doing my hair, which is why I bought a wig. <laughs> this is a thing of like every time I had to stream, I'd be like, it takes forever to curl my hair because it's so fine. So I just got a wig that looks like if I did my hair right. So there you go. There you go. That's the Life trick. Hack. That's the trick, guys. Oh, my Every God. Every celebrity on the red carpet, that's a wig. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, geez. I, we always do, like, the, I watch, like, the red carpets and stuff with my wife just because, like, she wants to see the fashion and I'll, like, half-ass comment on it because I don't actually know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm like, wow, that person has, like, really long hair. And she just looks at me like, are you stupid? Like, no, they don't. It's a wig. They don't have hair down to their calves. It's a wig. No one has that patience. Hair, hair extensions. Because like the thing is, as an actress, like the hair is like they burn the shit out of it to make it every single. You put more heat on your hair on set than you would in your regular life. So when you wrap anything, your hair is garbage. So you get a wig and you just call it a day. There you go. That's the trick. The tips. Hot tips. If you have a lot of big meetings, imagine instead of getting up early and doing your hair, you threw a wig on. What a treat. I mean, I might need one soon anyway. It's thin and pretty good at the top. I would love <laughs> if you got a very, like, long, flowing locks. Like, I feel like this could work for you. Just, like, totally change the style completely. Like, I different would... color, different hair yeah. texture. I would just be really hyped if I jumped on a stream and you looked like you had just gotten out of medieval times <laughs> like if i was like oh my god it's the black and white night we'll, we'll crowdfund it for next year but the black and white night is the warrior priest night i've been in medieval times too many times why not we should be, we should do it next year mark carvalho says how come alice isn't watching the oilers game right now what if connor hits 150 while she's here talking to andrew because she's a great friend because i because i didn't think it would be clinch miss honestly i kind of thought we would passively clinch uh, it doesn't matter I, I did the math wrong is the answer i mean it is the ducks so most yeah, likely we'll clinch tonight they're gonna I, clinch. i'm not pressed about it yeah and the thing is connor's hit so many milestones this season that they're great but it's also like i can miss one because i've seen enough like i'm like yeah it's, it's great also, it's also like calm down Connor. one of those goals becomes a highlight real thing that you see forever so if you miss <laughs> it you'll catch it again this is true. This is true. And also, like, Connor, chill. Leave some milestones for somebody else. Yeah, Connor, you don't have to be so great all the time. I know he doesn't. I love him. S save but something like for the song. playoffs. Yeah. Uh, this is like, you could dedicate every lyric in the, the, the Spy Who Loved Me about someone just being <laughs> too good. Like, I'm like, this would be what they play when Connor McDavid scores. It should be. Uh, Eric Dangle says that he went to the game tonight spent $300 on a ticket debating on switching teams. And he's been a fan for 20 years, man. Can we get some F's in the chat for Eric? Cause I think the Canadians should refund every single person who went to this game. Honestly, like they shouldn't have like 
they've given more entertaining games this season than anybody could expect. But this one was so bad, I feel like they should refund. I mean, I I gotta give it up to your fans because I I feel like anytime anything looked like it might be good for a second, the energy came roaring back, and I was like, "That's commitment," because there is no hope here. No, it was it was not fun, and you know, Sean Farrell had that little skate through the middle of the ice that uh, drew a penalty late, and it kind of looked like it might be something for a second, and. That was, that was just the story of the game for the Canes. There were a couple moments that looked like they might be something, and then they just were nothing. They could not, for the life of them, get anything done. Yeah. It was a rough one. It's like, <laughs> it, was, it was a bummer of a game. Just a stone-cold bummer all the way through. <laughs> Sebastian Jackson says, Andrew, I'll give you $350 if you get a Jerry Curl wig. Listen, I would that be cultural appropriation, though? I, that's my main question. And I know Sebastian, you you're 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 black, so you can tell me. But at the same time, I, you can't speak for the whole culture, right? I I'd be worried about uh, doing something like that. I'd be a little bit worried. I feel like you'd be a very good ginger. <laughs> very good ginger. You a could ginger turn curl. You could turn totally pull. Like if you were a, if you're like, oh, I am naturally a ginger, and I dye my hair. I'd be like, that makes sense. The tracks. I've got ginger in the beard, so like it yeah. would probably it fit. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Sebastian <laughs> says, "I got your back." <laughs> All right, All right. Jerry Curl wig coming up next season on Game Over Montreal, and I should say, by the way, if you want to watch this team lose another game, but have fun with people while doing it and win a bunch of prizes and get a bunch of swag, uh, Sports Interaction sending us a bunch of stuff to give out for door prizes for our upcoming live event. April 8th against the Toronto Maple Leafs at Lacage, right by the Bell Center. Tickets are 5 bucks plus tax, so you can check that out. There's a link uh, in the description of this video, or if you're listening on podcasts, it's a link in the podcast description. I will throw it in the chat right now as well. You can get tickets. There are lots remaining. Oh, that does not want to take that link at all, so I will grab it from another area. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. We are hosting with uh mark and myself and also some folks from habs eyes and the prize and also the folks from habs fan tv so we're gonna have a great atmosphere lots of giveaways so uh all the money that's being collected to make sure that people actually will come and have tickets um is being used for prizes for the event to give back to people so make sure like we're not profiting on this at all uh lacage is profiting only from what you buy there uh so this is all to give back to the fans it's a a cool thing that we're doing and if you're thinking about uh, coming i know there's lots of people from game over who've already bought tickets but uh, as i said when i first announced the show especially those who've been feeling like the nhl has let you down lately with the whole pride thing you are exceptionally welcome and we will make sure that that space is safe for you so definitely come check out tickets to that um rocks that rocks yeah it's, it's good to do something right and we're also going to do yeah. um the last regular season game for all of our game over shows is going to be uh, a fundraiser we're going to do a local organized uh, organization or like support group for either we, ha- we haven't picked the organizations yet so if you have any for montreal feel free to send them my way and then uh, robert malloy our wonderful community manager is going to vet them 
and uh, we're going to go through and it'll be like uh, LGBTQ plus support groups, uh, whether it's like the ABC Collective that just debuted or more local organizations, that kind of stuff as well. So we're going to try to do as much as we can, because frankly, I think the NHL is kind of letting us down this season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it, it remains uh, uh, nothing. It's just upsetting that literally no one is out even after they retire and I won't tell tales out of school, but we all have heard things from reputable sources over the years. They exist. They just don't feel comfortable being out. And that's just, I, I can't imagine being like one of uh, someone who's so talented at something, but it also being a curse that I can't live my life. Honestly, that's so sad. It, it really is. Oh, geez. Sebastian Jackson in the comment says, if anybody from the LGBTQ plus community reaches out for the event on Saturday, and can't afford the tickets, let him know and he'll pay for them. That is a friggin' phenomenal offer, Sebastian. And I'm going to say I will do the same thing. That's All right. So, so if anybody is having a tough time, listen, it's been a tough time the last couple of years for a lot of folks, right? And we tried to make the event like relatively cheap just because we want we wanted to have enough to get something cool for everyone, but not enough, like not so much that it's going to be like, well, I can't order the 12 chicken wings. Cause like I've got to scrimp and save to make my electricity bill or something. So if you're wanting to come, you can't afford it. Direct message me. I will find a way to get you tickets. That's All right. Nice so we'll make sure that uh, it'll be cool. Uh, Luke Prokop is, might be the first person openly gay NHL player uh, from rock smash. Yeah, he might, if he makes the show, I think he has the advantage of um, coming out before being in the NHL. That's yeah. like a, a nice thing where he's like built that support structure before he needs to come out. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I hope, I hope we see it. Oh my God. I actually think it's wild that we are this far and we haven't, it just, I don't know. I mean, I feel infinitely sad for people who don't have the opportunity or feel like they can live their life honestly and be themselves. It's, it's, it's so sad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I don't know if you saw, because it was on, I saw it on Twitter. So I don't know how much you're ingesting of like the hockey mania that is hockey Twitter and like keeping up to date. But uh, PK Subban made comments on uh, the whole pride jersey thing. And unfortunate, um, I expected better from him. He was basically saying like, you can't force people into activism. But man, like wearing a shirt's not activism. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I, I know it like... like technically might be if you go by the dictionary definition but we all know what these jerseys are supposed to represent it's not it, like if to me what it, it keeps coming down to is whenever people are like oh don't as a queer person sometimes we're like oh why do you have to have a festival why do you gotta why do you guys gotta wear your flags or whatever because they always it's it, it's not it's not an active choice it's just who i am like I, I don't know how else to put it like it's not me trying to be different it's just like a fact of my life it's the same as i have blue eyes uh i struggle with dairy i am attracted to women these are all just things they're not activism it is yeah. no more it is no more activism to be a queer person than it is to be lactose intolerant they are on the same level of just something you were born with that's the thing like it's not an agenda to be like, you are also a human being who should be treated nicely. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, I think, I, we're in a very weird time where like people are like, 
You expect me to be nice to people? I won't. And the weirdest thing about it is like, you expect me to be nice to people? I won't because Jesus says I don't have to. I'm like, that is the opposite <laughs> of what that man said. Which Jesus? That is like, if you distilled Jesus's whole thing down, it'd be like, don't be an asshole to people. Literally. So that's pretty much it. Don't like, be rich. People love to forget that one. Isn't like the simplest thing always like the golden rule whenever anybody talks about Jesus? Like, there was apply a that. Around. There was a clip going around. I'm like, this has to be fake. I have to believe in my heart that this is fake. But it was a woman saying that she doesn't want them teaching empathy in school because em empathy is a, a gateway to like queer acceptance. And it, uh, like, I was like, this has to be a parody because it, it really seemed real. And I was like, I'm not even going to Google because I just truly need to believe in my heart of hearts that that is not a thing that's actually happening. I feel like, unfortunately, it probably is. It's the same as like uh, in the States, all that push back against uh, like the drag time, uh, drag story time. The And they're like, yeah. this is negatively affecting kids. It's like, it's not like they're in there doing like, their drag show telling dick jokes and stuff they're just yeah. dressed in drag reading kids books and all it's doing is showing kids who may have feelings that are not hetero that like hey if you feel like you like this kind of thing you can be a person who is an adult who can speak to kids and like it's totally fine and, and nobody has a problem with like really gratuitously sexual dancing cheerleaders at sporting events but even when children are there also, as, as I feel like as a child, it would have really helped me um, if I could have seen somebody serving cunt. It would have just really, you know, it would have really opened my eyes to what could be. For sure. And like, I think like the insidious thing about that is it's not even like for those people who are pushing against it, it's not even about drag queens. It's because they, they know that those kids will feel safe by seeing that, by being exposed to that, right? That's what they don't want. Honestly, at the end of the what day, I'm, what I'm really excited about is I'm like, okay, what's because every time there's like a pushback, you know, how does this how does this manifest? I'm like, I bet we are going to get people trying to reclaim elements of drag for the straight community, and we are going to get like like a lot more like lip syncing shows. <laughs> Like, which I guess what's what that lip sync, that one lip sync show was like, hey, what if RuPaul's Drag Race for straights? Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to make a real big comeback. And they were like, we're going to take back the It's Raining Men song for the straight community. Oh, God. God, I hope not. I, I mean. Okay. Clumpsaw says, talk hockey. Listen, if you watch that game tonight, you would know why we're not talking a lot. Hockey. We're talking hockey related and then going well, we off on tangents. Back to the game, but there's nothing to stay in the game. It was no. a bummer. It was. It was a huge bummer. So, <laughs> Peter Nasser, did she just say she wanted people to serve? Yes, she did. She did. Yeah. If, if you're not familiar with that term, it is it is a drag term. Uh, so, go watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I highly recommend it. It's really entertaining. Honestly, I think one of my favorite things that's happened is when you got into Drag Race because there was no sports on television during lockdown. That is an amazing, an amazing journey for you to be like, wow, this is the closest thing to sports. I mean, I guess it's kind of. I, I mean, I just, I hockey wishes it had that drama. Oh, 
I mean, I feel like it probably does. If they put cameras in the locker room, we could probably get some shady confessionals. Oh man, Drysaddle probably. He's got oh, no yeah. filter. I feel get like he, in yeah, a... he, like he could be shady. I feel like Big J would be very boring. He would be very much like like a oh god, Aquaria. Like just like <laughs> yeah, sure. You're very very good, but where's the personality? Yeah, wildly successful, but nobody really cares what you have to say at all. Yeah, like I can't. I think I've made, heard her make jokes, but it, you can't even really remember any quotes from Aquaria. No, no, I didn't love that season. You've got so didn't many quotes that, that you can pick out of Drag Race, and they are not Aquaria. No, no, definitely not. Uh, I, is there a niche for like talking about hockey in terms of Drag Race? Is there? Is that there a, should be? There'd be like seven people who would love that podcast. Seven people. Yeah. And they would really, really love it. They would, it would be their favorite place yeah. in the whole world. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Nick Suzuki, highest game score today, says K is great for my Meow Meow. And Noel's asking, is Meow Meow a euphemism? I don't know. I, I saw a description of this because I had no idea what this was before like last week. But... I don't, Kay, can you explain that in the chat? Because the meow meow thing is taking off on locked account Twitter. <laughs> but uh, have you heard it, Alice? Meow meow? Like referring to a player as your meow meow? I think it was like the player that you would like put on your lap and pet. Like it, they're your, oh. like, your favorite, right? Like they're, they're your cuddle bug, basically. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. So Suzuki is K is Meow Meow, although I think she has a couple Meow Meows in the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, yeah. The weirdest transition of being a female sports fan is I feel like in my 20s, I'd be like, that's my guy, I fucking love him. And then now it's turned into, that's my son. <laughs> that's my son. Like, it's gone from, like, me being, like, puck, the, the puck bunny has just turned into a hard mommy over years, and I don't know exactly when it happened. But everyone is my son. <laughs> that I mean, that's just aging, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be really weird to be like hyped up about 19 year olds. Like some yeah. sort of like, guru seeing. Yeah. It gets weird. I find even watching the world juniors gets weird where you're like super pumped about like 17 year olds and 16 year olds doing stuff like watching Connor Bedard dominate. I'm like, yeah, he, he's a child. It's really weird. We tried weird. to write a sketch once about like a fictitious like juniors tournament where the, instead of relegation one team um the losing his team has to be virgins forever and how intensely everyone would play that tournament that's like the next all-star thing the next all-star game i mean yeah if it was like it's like if you lose you have to be celibate for a year those players would play so hard <laughs> you'd see some desperate plays oh my gosh Maybe someone told that to Connor this season, and that's uh, that's why he's going all out. I love the idea of just tricking a player into thinking the NHL has that kind of power. <laughs> it's it's the guy who took a picture of him with the other woman, who's like, I'll take more pictures of you with your other women if you don't break all the records this year, Connor. Oh, my God. Too oh, funny. my God. That's my son. Why? He's, I'll talk to him. I'll straighten him out. I don't know what he's doing there. <laughs> 
Ugh. All right, I think I think we probably talk this game to death, Alice. I greatly appreciate we, you coming we on. Slightly about this game, and then desperately tried not to because again, yes, yes, it was it was a terrible game. We don't need to get into the game too much. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. But uh, before we close things out, uh, everybody, make sure that you like the stream, smash the like button for Alice, and uh, subscribe to SDPN, and check out Game Over WrestleMania, which should be live relatively shortly, I think. Ooh. Uh, I don't know how long WrestleMania goes. It's been a long time since I've watched uh, WrestleMania live. But uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And before we close things out, Alice, where can people check out your work right now? And uh, when is Paige Darcy coming out? Ooh, okay. Uh, just as easy as to follow me on Instagram at Alice Moran. Like, Moran is like moron with an A. And uh, Paige Darcy is coming out, I think, this summer. I've seen the first cut. It exists. So that's where we're at. We're at it. It is. It is existing. It needs. It needs editing, but it's done. Yeah. Amazing. And for those who don't yeah. know, Paige Darcy is a movie that Alice made. Not yeah. was cast in. Alice made this movie. I yeah. I didn't direct it, but I did write it and star in it. So it's a mess of me. It's, <laughs> it's not a mess. It's a yeah. This is me. Like I can't even say nice things about my own work. It's very good. I yeah. It's good. I think it might be good. I think it's going to be great. Alice did fight scenes, guys. She beat people up for this movie. You got to go yeah. see it. So support your local Canadian geniuses. All right. We'll see you, uh, I guess, when's the next uh, game here? I'll just look it up quickly because this week has got me tired as hell. Tuesday against the Red Wings. Shane Malloy will be on. This time he will actually be able to be heard because the last time we had Shane on, uh, it didn't work. So this time I'll figure it out. (laughs) All right. Thanks again to Alice for joining us here today. Thanks to everyone in the comments who stuck around with us all game and uh, all post game after that terrible, terrible game against the Carolina Hurricanes. There wasn't much to talk about, but we had a lot to talk about on this show somehow. (laughs) We'll see you on Tuesday. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.